You're listening to Vanguard Radio. Yeah. So some some teacher got beat up. No, the, some guy on the city council got into an altercation with someone at the elementary school, like the principal or something, but they didn't say why. So there's no story there until there's a why. Right. From our <clears throat> point of view. Yeah, yeah. There's not really good information on it yet. I thought it was interesting. Anyway, I know more about it, but I, I don't. There may have been more in the paper, but I'll I'll cover it on Kirksville today if I, if I see something on it. But I don't think it was political. It was probably personal. Now, something else I'd like to mention here before we get rolling. Uh, uh, oh, good, our our uh, our, our call in guest is ready. But before I uh, before I before I wheel him in, uh, okay. Uh, uh, before I wheel him in, this is a uh, something that Bud White reminded me of. And, uh, you know, we really like to have people on the forum uh, come on to this show. And we're always looking for people to come on. And uh, we like to, I like to kind of set up a permanent panel uh, during the show. Uh, Alex is kind of like the special guest. Uh, and then um, we have like a permanent panel. And, and tonight we have uh, news and, um, and Bud is the permanent panel that'll be on the show. We'd like to have you on if you have something to say, if you have a story to tell about your local area or uh, good good input like uh, uh, the clips from the Chicago paper. That's what we need, good fodder for our national discussion. Yeah, and, you know, we like to hear about your experiences. And, uh, you know, and you don't have to have anything real clever to say. Just you know, tell us about yourself and, and what's going on and, you know, as you know, as long as it's relevant and, um, and um, you know, you can speak at least as good as I can, I mean, maybe with maybe with a few less ums and ahs. But uh, if you can speak as good as I can, uh, uh, you have something interesting to say. And I don't I don't speak that well, so uh, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a low bar. We want you on here, and um, so you can always PM me on the forum. Uh, that's VNN forum, by the way, and uh, my uh, Skype uh, my. Um, uh, PM uh, name is Jeff Beck, yeah. and that's spelled with a G. That's G E O F F space B E C K, and uh, I will uh, see about having you on and tell me what, kind of what you want to talk about, and you'll be uh, the permanent guest. Now tonight we've had uh, we had a caller pendant. Uh, he w- he came on for about ten fifteen minutes and told us what uh, was on his mind, and he's got some really good ideas. And now uh, we're going to have Mr. Uh, Mr. Wewelsberg. I won't say his first name. Uh, I'm not sure if that is his first name, uh, Von Wewelsberg, and let me call him in, and then we'll talk a little bit with him. Let me see here. He's had a lot of computer problems tonight, so let's uh, let's hope it holds up. Okay, here I go. Oh, hold on. Uh, okay, here we go. Okay, it's ringing. Hello, Mr. Wewelsberg. Yes. Yeah. Let me introduce to uh, uh, the, the the wider audience here who, who you are, because you're not you're not a prolific poster on the forum, but I've followed your posts and I enjoy them very much. And um, this is Wewelsberg. Uh, I'm not sure how that's pronounced in German, but uh, Wewelsberg. Wewelsberg. Yeah. Okay. W's or V's in German. And uh, I, one of the posts uh, that I noticed a long time ago was you posted about. Wewelsberg and what it what it meant, 
and uh, and what happened there. So maybe you could start, um, you, you know, bring bring whatever you want to talk about. But maybe maybe you could tell the listeners the listeners tonight what what what's important about this town. Well, Wevelsburg for me sort of uh, symbolizes the rebirth of Germanic spirituality and the, the authentic Germanic way of life that was represented there. Uh, it was the, the the headquarters of the SS, and it was also the the castle out of which the Annenelbe, the ancestral research unit, worked. And uh, Himmler sort of remade the castle in, in, into his in the model of his own Germanic spirituality, and he he crafted uh, the the Valhall and uh, the famous black, the Schwarzsonne uh, inlaid floor, the marble inlaid floor that everyone's familiar with of the Black Sun. And uh, it, it, it's just sort of uh, it represents for me everything that was uh, noble and uh, and uh, lofty about National Socialism and everything that they were trying to uh, achieve. Because uh, construction was scheduled to go on. As you know, Wevelsborg is a, is a small town, a small village there, and it's also the name of the castle, which is a, a very storied castle. It's, a, it's, a, it's got a rich history. But uh, by the time of the NS period, Himmler had actually scheduled uh, construction to go on through, I believe it was 2025. So they, they really had some ambitious plans for building up Wevelsburg into a center of uh, ger- uh, renewed Germanic life. Does the and castle that, still stand? The castle does still stand. You can go, you can go visit it. Uh, it's in, it, it, for white nationalists who want to go visit it, I would suggest that you go do it rather soon because they're increasingly uh, clamping down on which areas you can go into. Oh. Uh, if, you, if you if you tell them that you're a scholar and you produce credentials and such, they'll let you into some of the more obscure areas. But it's become a site of pilgrimage for what they call neo-Nazis and Satanists. They say, even though I don't understand the latter very much. Yeah. But but they, they're they're increasingly closing it. Well, I think that had something to do with. Uh, Michael Aquino and some of those uh, types from the uh, Order of Set performed some uh, rituals there in, oh, okay. in the 80s. But uh, for me, it represents something completely different, of course. And uh, it's increasingly being uh, closed down, so anyone who wants to get a look at Wevelsburg should go over there pretty soon. And I really, it's, it's really a beautiful castle. As I said, it has a rich history, and uh, it represents everything that, uh, for me, National Socialism uh, was attempting to, to bring into the world. Beauty, truth, order, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you, uh, you visited there, obviously. Uh, I have not actually, okay. but uh, a, a, lo- a lot of friends have. Uh, I've, I've got a, you know a bunch of postcards from over there, and uh, I've been I've been meaning to get I mean to get over there in the next year or so. Okay. So it's definitely at the top. Once I gra- uh, finish my undergraduate studies, I'm planning to uh, go over there post haste. Oh, okay, okay. Well, what's on your mind tonight? Well, that that's what I was calling uh, mm-hmm. in to speak about a little bit. Uh, like Bud, there, I'm also from the. Uh, vitiated wasteland of multi-culty serfdom that is New Jersey. Uh-huh. <laughs> I called in to talk a little. Uh, I'm, I'm a student at Rutgers out here, which is the state college. Uh-huh. And, uh, <clears throat> Tell us about Rutgers. What the he- what the, What's going on there? New Brunswick? Well, a, I, New Brunswick I, I, campus? Uh, well, I don't really want to say which campus I'm on. Okay. But, uh, 
there are three campuses. We have Newark, uh, Newark, New Brunswick, and Camden. And uh, I was doing a little reading today on the uh, the takeover of the uh, one of the halls in the Newark campus in 1969 by a, a black radical group. And uh, now every year on each of the campuses, it, it's celebrated as the glorious takeover of Conklin Hall. And and I was I was yeah. researching it a bit on the web, <clears throat> and I found some some remarks at a, at the chem- commemoration. We have we have like flyers even now are floating around. And it's not till February, but there were, there were some remarks by the president in 2004, and uh, I found them on the website here. I'll I'll, I'll send them over to uh, to the site there. I'll send them in the comments section or something, and uh, it's on the president.ruckers.edu site, and he thanks all the people who were responsible for the Con- Conklin Hall uh, takeover, and yeah. I, I think I, one one of the paragraphs here that I think is really telling. It says, uh, it's not hard to identify the changes within and beyond Rutgers that followed the occupation of Conklin Hall and the other notable student protests in New Brunswick and Camden. These included new policies of recruitment, admissions, and financial aid, a significantly more diverse student body and faculty, and relevant programs of study. These changes yeah. and more brought about as traumatic a transition as any that occurred in the history of this university. Today, Rutgers Newark is one of the most diverse campuses in the nation, and Camden and New Brunswick are not far behind. What a lesser institution we would be today if not for the actions of February 24, <laughs> 1969, and the results that followed. <laughs> I can't help but laugh because I walked down. I walked down the hall. And, and all the halls of these these uh, class, these different um, halls of, of the institution, and so many of these Negro students are are barely cognizant. They're barely sentient beings. They're, they 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 can barely hold it together long enough to uh, you know sit through a class. And they'll come in with their iPods on, and you know just completely disrespecting all authority and and and, and no 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 desire for any sort of education. And these are supposed to be, you know, some some of the top blacks. You know, you know, these these are the ones who who, who are melding into white society, <clears throat> and and the the ones on the streets are just uh, my God. But <clears throat> but the ones the ones in the classroom are bad enough. They're just, they they just uh, it, it's uh, just symptom. It's evidence of the fact that you can take the uh, the ape out of the jungle, but you you can't take the jungle out of the ape, I guess. No, not even by giving it a scholarship and you know calling it a scholar. Yeah, the the the, the brilliant transition they're talking about was we we allowed Negroes to come in with a significantly lower GPA. We give them all sorts of extra points across the board on the uh, you know the uh, the uh, test to get into the institution, and they're just given all sorts of advantages once they're in there. This African American Studies program looms very large over the whole campus. And all these sort of sycophantic liberal professors just suck up to, to, to these, uh, like, nigger animals who basically court the white broads on campus. <laughs> and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just like a caricature. And recently uh, there was a big incident where I was talking about it the other day on uh, a, a show that I did with Theseus that should be airing pretty soon, I, I hope. And mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> we were talking about the fact that <clears throat> Wait a minute. Was this what was this what Theseus mentioned mentioned in last week's Free Talk Live? 
Yes. Okay. Yes, we did that uh, a couple days ago. He and I uh, recorded uh, about two hours worth of stuff that I, uh, he sent me some files today, so they should be uh, sent to you guys pretty soon. Yeah, we'll Excellent. post them. We'll pu- we'll put them on uh, our archives. Great. And this is real people living it, talking about what's going on that we describe, we who are a little older, who have lived through one earlier iteration. Well, it's even worse now and more ridiculous. It, a real, as you said, it's a real life caricature. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it, it's a joke that we get paid for, and the joke's on us. The newspaper, the student newspaper, came out recently, and it said, "Yes, we're still diverse, but not much else." Because the Princeton Review came out, and we were, we're number one in diversity, but we weren't number <laughs> one in anything else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Brigham Young and all these uh, schools that didn't fare too well at diversity, well, they were just you know, b- blown out of the park in terms of academic achievement. Yeah, but once you uh-huh. once you got more diversity, you started to see the GPAs dropping steadily. Wow. <laughs> How about that? And, and, and I just thought it was funny that they'd admit that in the headline of, I should send it to you guys. <laughs> it is unusual. It's probably online if it's a campus paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very funny. It was just written by uh, some, some uh, Indian student on campus. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing yeah, we're, we're still diverse, but not much else. That was the headline. Big, bold letters. <laughs> and there was there was another headline recently that uh, a student, a, a Negro uh, woman, was uh, riding the free the free charter bus that with the the, the the university provides for uh, these these Negroes to go to uh, sporting events. Wow. Mm-hmm. And she was intoxicated, and she started yelling at the driver and throw, throwing things at him. Mm-hmm. So the police had to come, and we actually have a police department. We don't have just a public safety. They're they're actually called Rutgers University Police Department, and they're armed and everything. That's that's the situation we got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they come out and and they they deal with this Negro, and she, she claims that they called her a nigger. I d- I don't believe it. That the officer claims that it wasn't true, and uh, but you know they always claim that. That's the first thing they jump on when it, you're doing your duty. You know, he sure. called me a nigger. So they they started having massive uh, protests on campus. The niggers were outside with their bullhorns screaming, you know, ho, 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 racist cops got to go. And, you know, <laughs> just uh, you know, crowding out the streets and intimidating the white students and, you know, really yeah. make, making a problem until they, uh, you know, there was a big headline in the paper, white cops quit. And so they, they, these cops, basically, they, they first they tied their hands behind their back saying that they needed to have a better relationship with the community and they didn't want to see arrests. They wanted to see them out there, you know, like shaking hands with people and getting to know them and getting to know their problems. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's the absolute, you know, like it, pathologizing all, like normal behavior and making uh, this ape behavior something that, you know, just... Uh, an everyday part of the community. It's just something normal. Just you know, sure. inoculate yourself against it. Do you talk about this stuff at all with some of your uh, white peers? Yeah, students? there, there are uh, a couple openly uh, racialist students that I, I found. That's Only great. two of them. So there's there's two other open racialists in Rutgers, and uh, a, a few others that I found that were pretty pretty you know open to the ideas that are they, they were they were just kind of at first they're laughing about what i'm saying especially you know when i start talking about women and stuff like that and traditional role of of the sexes and <laughs> but they you know they 
they laugh at it and stuff like that, but then they start coming over to it, and then you know it makes a lot more sense to them that the, than the bullshit that's being shoved down their throat in the, these classes. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, there's your share of lemmings, of course. Your, your average idiot is just regurgitating whatever the professor says, and you know it's trying to get laid and get through the class. But here and there, there there's usually history majors that are, uh, will be more decent than your, your business majors and your stuff like that. Oh, I but could, the, I, I couldn't see you making any headway with a business major. No, I don't even talk to those people. Yeah. But, Why is that? Uh, Why would you say that? Because they're the they're the most venal, the most uh, uh, system-minded people you'll ever meet in your life. They really are. I was thinking, mm-hmm. I thought when I first went in that maybe they'd be more entrepreneurial-minded, and you know, but they they're just automatons that you can stick into Zog machinery anywhere, and they'll do just fine. I mean, oh yeah, just dregs, just awful people, complete mm-hmm. thralls, and they just sit there and you know regurgitate anything these Marxist professors say. They never give them any sort of uh, lip whatsoever. They just, you know, writing it down and, you know, even though when it is the most, like, digressive garbage ever, you know, it's mm-hmm. just complete, like, uh, opinionated nonsense. <coughs> they'll, they'll just sit there and write this shit down like it's gospel. Now, are you, are you studying yeah. history? Yeah, I'm a history student. My, my, uh, my, fo- my main focus, what I'm planning to do uh, with postgraduate is, uh, study Kaiserreich through 1945. That's my, my primary area. I love studying uh, the development of the Volkish movement, and uh, I, I love the writings of Turnvada Jan and Fichte and his addresses to the German people and all that stuff. I, I've long loved German history, so yeah. I, I plan to get my MA, PhD. I was, I was thinking about Columbia, but I, I, I've been reading about some of the stuff, and I went to go visit there, and it's just, uh, just more, more of the same, but amplified, you know? I think Columbia probably was one of the first institutions the Jews captured. Yeah, I just but. I don't know where where to go to finish. I, I'm just starting to like you know think maybe I I, I shouldn't finish. You know, obviously I'm going to finish the undergraduate, but I don't know about this MA PhD stuff. Well, anymore. I think the Jews exercise. I've heard this from a guy who was at Harvard actually that they exercise more or less complete domination of the teaching of German history. To the extent of dictating, you know, practically down to the jot and tittle, what you write in your in your PhD thesis. But uh, I might I might pass you on to a contact if if I can, who might know more about that than I do. Well, I'd appreciate um, it. Uh, yeah, it, the, the, it, the, the, the uh, German professors I've had have been really hostile to me. I had a one Marxist uh, female professor who actually wanted to throw me out of the class. I heard her talking to uh, the uh, abroad in the. Uh, the history department about how can you remove a student from the class if they're disruptive and this and that. Now I was intimidating the other students because I, I was using German phrases and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff, and they thought it was a, a, an introductory survey course and blah blah blah. <laughs> like this is my problem because I I looked You're at too the learned. <laughs> yeah, I looked at the yeah. syllabus and and I immediately attacked this whole idea of the Zondervan, you know that the. The skewered path of German mm-hmm. history is is being myopic and and just I didn't say Jewish, but that's basically what it is. It's just the you know <laughs> the humanistic way of looking at German history as not being unique and organic, but rather you know some insane path because they didn't follow a Jewish model. <laughs> oh, I've heard yeah. this. I've heard this argument that that German history and not you know was on this trajectory like a bullet. Exactly. Yeah. 
and then it was com- thrown completely off by these these insane folkish and you know it's, it's it's an absurd idea and I took her to task on it right away and a couple of the other like dogmatic crap that she she'd written in the in the uh in the syllabus and and, and she was just taking it she's like well we're not going to get to that till the end and uh, I just uh I don't think uh this is stuff that the majority of the class has uh you know any uh knowledge of and uh, I think we should stick to the basics and you know, always sticking to the sur- never wants to go past the surface of things, and it's mm-hmm. always that way. And uh, I found that with all the professors that I, I have, and if I try to go past the surface, I get accused of uh, Neoplatonism. And uh, as I was telling Theseus, I've, like a professor can't mark my papers down to like a C because I'll go into the dean and I'll, I'll show him it's not a C, but they can give me a B plus instead of the A. And mm-hmm. that's what they do, you know. They'll, they'll they'll write that you know the paper's neoplatonic, that I make sweeping generalizations, this and that. And you know, let alone it, it's it's a much better paper than the ninety percent of the papers they're given A's to. But Can, they, why, why that, that's a good point. Explain for people uh, and, and for me what is uh, what is neoplatonic. Uh, I've never heard that used as a as a curse word. Or yeah, an epithet. Uh, that what, seems what do they to mean be by a that? new uh, new pejorative Jew speak for uh, crypto fascist. They'll call you Neoplatonic when when you believe anything is real and concrete instead of abstract, you know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Wow. You're, you're giving credence to these Platonic notions of forms and so forth. Yeah. You're it's acting like not, facts and evidence and generalizations from them matter and mean something. Right. Instead it's just, of just. It's, it's just not good to speak about facts and. Uh, or if you believe in. Ideas. If or you principles, believe, oh, those are those are real bad. Yeah, ideas. if you have principles <laughs> or believe in truth and beauty. Oh, oh, don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a real problem. That, that is wild. Or, <laughs> or if you believe in contract law and upholding your agreement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Truth in any realm, really. It's just oh no. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's art and architecture too. Michael Jones writes about the application of these wacky Jewish theories just to to subject after subject. And I even had this Jew tell me once. He was like, he was trying to enlighten me. Uh, you, you know, Robert, this is this is the 21st century. This isn't the you, you're too 19th century with these diatribes and all these you know principles and you, nothing is concrete. Nothing's real. There's no real argument. Everything's circumstance. Everything you know. I'm like, oh man, this is not good. It was just a horrible, you know, deluge of, of, of Jewish bullshit. And that is postmodernism, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and no, there's no, nothing real. It's all relative and shifting. And and but, if you disagree, you're you're a neoplatonic <laughs> bogeyman. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny because their the, the, their ideas are self-refuting. They, they are. on their own terms. They can be rejected. You know, the, everything is everything is relevant except their opinion, which is an absolute. Right. I had this one professor, he was a professor of American history. It was just supposed to be American history, too, from the Reconstruction era to uh, 1945, but he hijacked the course. And he he took it, It was he took, made it like this uh, Marxist, uh, you know, black studies course, where all he did was talk about class warfare and the underprivileged minorities and how they were they were cut out of the American dream. And, you know, it was just it's complete nonsense. And he he showed uh, parts of Birth of a Nation, where the the Negro State Assembly was meeting, and he's like, "This is how they portrayed uh, the, the the Negro people." And, blah, blah. and I said, "Well, Professor, doesn't isn't that rooted in fact? Aren't there you know transcripts to, to the that the effect of that's how the Assembly did behave in South Carolina?" But you know, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And, and and he just got real pissed off, like he, his face got red, and he's like, "Dubious mm-hmm. transcript or nefarious assistant." And he was, <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he cast dispersion on anything, and he, and he was he, he had starred he was from Princeton previously, and he yeah. starred on one of these uh, TBS documentaries on how race is an illusion. And he put up all this information on the blackboard, directing us to his TBS website, so we can uh, just go and look at his video and be so so impressed by how learned he is. Uh-huh. And, he, and he would just give these speeches on how race is in the race is in the illusion, and he would throw out these real these real Jewy red herrings to try to throw you off. Like, uh, you know, there's more genetic difference between you and a woman than you and a black man. What do uh-huh. you think about that? You know, think about it. What what would those races say about that? <laughs> and, uh-huh. and he just and I, I pinned him down once on the fact that there are you know these genetically quantifiable cleavages in mankind that can, that can be ascertained by, by DNA tests. And uh, I, I talked to him about AncestryByDNA.com. Those are like. neoplatonic gene tests. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, what, wacky. and so I got him to admit the existence of ethnic groups, but he told mm-hmm. me that, you know, that that's not a race. So I said, all right, so it's, a, it's, not, a, it's not a used car. It's a quality pre-owned vehicle. I mean, uh-huh. you, you uh-huh. give me a euphemism for the same thing. Ethnic groups exist, but races don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question. Do, do you live on campus? No, I live you at don't. home. No. What from what you see over there, as far as and I'm again, I know you don't want to mention what campus you're on, but uh, out I've of been to three, all the campuses, so I can speak well, on whichever one you want. <laughs> well, out of those three cities, um, you know, Camden and Newark and New Brunswick, not exactly. Uh, kids that are on campus, uh, what's the situation like over there for them, particularly the white kids? Well, let me jump in here. Now, a lot of a lot of listeners don't know where Rutgers is. Where is Rutgers? It's it's uh, in New Jersey. It's the State uh, University of New Jersey. There are three campuses. One's in Newark, one's in uh, New Brunswick, and one's in Camden. Ah, okay. And go, they're all pretty ahead. much ghettos. Camden. Uh, Newark and Camden, you, you already know about Camden, most violent city in the United States, and Newark's not much better. New Brunswick, so, so you're going to a camp, you're going to a school, Rutgers, Rutgers that's in the middle of a, of a nigger war zone, right? Oh, yes. Completely. Oh. Um, cars get broken into constantly, and, and as I said, since they fired the cops, who because the cops were accused of, uh, you know, constantly profiling people and they they said that the university had carved a niche out of the community and just a world unto itself, and that they denied uh, the community participation in this little utopia, and they didn't let them use the facilities. They excluded them from the library and stuff like that. And recently, they we have been allowing like the local high school and stuff, not just random Negroes, but the high schoolers, to use some of our facilities. And uh, Last week, a, a couple of tenth uh, grade Negroes were having sex in uh, the the, uh, <laughs> the 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 library, uh, the, the uh, bathroom of the library. That while I was in it, the police came in and uh, they, <laughs> they took these two Negro high schoolers out, and it was in the paper and everything. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Lord! I went to uh, I went to Stockton, and I graduated. Stockton is down by Atlantic City. Right, I know where it is. And, and it's it's a pretty rural area. Uh, it still is. And, I used to live uh, at Tom's River, so I, I I'm from down there. Well, let's put. It, uh, I'm I'm in the Tom's River area. Wait, are um, you a are you a piney? 
yeah, I'd be considered a piney. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is a term that Stan told me about, and, and supposedly that the pineys are the like the like the kind of white rural population of New Jersey. I'll, I'll give you the, the the exact stats. Okay. Garden State Parkway is 177 miles from top to bottom. It runs north to south. Once you get to about mile 80 and you go farther south, that's the beginning of what they call the uh, the Pine Barrens. It's it's you know thousands of acres of uh, there's a big national uh, big national park down there, uh, and that's uh, that's where the expression Pineys come from. And Pineys would be like uh, a, a New Jersey hick. Okay. That's paradise down there con- compared to where I'm at. I'm exit 15W off the turnpike. Okay, that's not a good area. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you haven't realized it. Hey, <laughs> let us tell you about it. Gosh. <laughs> that's why I have a thousand rounds for all my firearms. <laughs> so yeah. So y- you must be living close to campus, though, uh, Weevilsburg. Yeah, I drive in every day. I, I live in a, a suburb that used to be white. That's uh, a suburb of uh, this area, and uh, it's a, it's about a ten minute drive. But it's a, sometimes it takes a half hour with the way these niggers drive. Yeah, no kidding. And they don't sit up straight either. They 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 they, they recline their seats. Uh, they recline their seats back. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I take the bus a lot because there's just so many incidents where they break out windows and they steal people's cars or, you know, they steal the radio or they even wait for you in the car and then beat the hell out of you. You know, so it's a, it's an interesting uh, prospect every day. I worked up you in that area You get to experience diversity on a daily basis. Not not a good area. Not a good area <laughs> to be. I worked at a company and, and uh, uh, the smoking area was outside. And uh, it was in Newark. And if you would go out, um, you wouldn't be out there having having a smoke for 10 seconds before uh, the locals knew to come over to that area to panhandle. So it was t- just a bad situation. You know, the car being broken into, not a good area. But what I wanted to say earlier was I, I guess I'm a lot more fortunate than you were because uh, when I graduated from Stockton, it's going on 20 years now, uh, it was mostly whites. Right. Well, I would say Rutgers is mostly white because it's uh, harder to get into than, you know, Montclair or some of these other schools that are uh, state-run. But uh, it's mostly white and Asian, but there's certainly a significant Negro uh representation and uh you know they, they, they well you know up. you may be you may be uh, misidentifying some people there Weevilsburg, because uh my guess is some of those people you may be thinking are white or jews well that could be but i usually have pretty good jew radar yeah well you know uh chain posted a uh a, a thing on the forum he's also a very good investigative uh, like like bud is a very good investigative uh, person and uh, uh, he he said that uh, well you'll find this interesting twenty five percent of Yale's history faculty are Jews. Yeah, I heard that, I, and I noted uh, you, you, the research you guys have done into uh, the uh, law, schools. law schools. Law schools, yeah. That's yeah, more like fifty percent there. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I'm always looking out for them, of course, but mostly they're down in Princeton if they're in New Jersey. 
you know Princeton's interesting too. That's a that's a, I believe I ran across this in Kevin McDonald's book, but maybe not there. Princeton was one of the last Ivy League schools to cave into the Jews, and they held the barrier up against the Jews, I believe, all the way to 1967. And yeah. uh, the other the other schools have uh, uh, crumbled before them, and uh, I think the Jews have had a particular uh, vendetta against Princeton. And they've, uh, you know, made sure that they went in there and cleaned that place up pretty good. Uh, I got into an argument with a stupid uh, liberal broad once, and I told her, quite frankly, that uh, Rutgers shouldn't have started admitting women in 1970. <laughs> and she, she got pretty, pretty angry. I said it was a disservice to our to our motto, which is uh, <laughs> I, I'm not too good at uh, uh, Latin, but it's Celestia uh, et Occidentum illustra. Son of righteousness, shine upon the west. Oh my! <laughs> and uh, that's how that's how it was when it opened in 1755. That's but, very mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, it, it, it's a stirring motto, and uh, it's it's surrounded. The, the 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 motto surrounds a Dutch, an old Dutch solar seal. So it's really a, a very Aryan-looking uh, motto and uh, solar seal. But you you look around and you look around at the flag and the motto, and it's just. Uh, it's such a, a, a sad interpolation. That's a uh, that's probably a motto. I I would just make a prediction that probably won't even be there in ten years. You know, I've noticed that, that they've already started taking it off, like uh, the sports pendants and stuff like that. That, that they have a lot of pen, new uh, record stuff that comes out and it doesn't have the motto on it. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff that comes out does not have it on there. I've noticed that. Yeah, this so is yeah. this is part of the cleansing. Oh yeah, the ethnic cleansing of whites and their culture. And how much farther they've gone in South Africa on that? They rename them African names and uh, change the symbols. And the Jews out in California have gotten a couple of Christian crosses removed from state seals. So they look for every little detail to roll it back. One of my professors was telling me how George Washington, if he was alive now, would have been tried as a as a war criminal. And uh, how how he took a, b- a bunch of his slaves and he had their teeth knocked out and then implanted in his mouth because he was such a sadic- sadistic bastard. And is that true? I I I don't know. Yeah, I've never I, heard honestly, that. I never heard that in any legitimate uh, book that I've ever read. But th- this is what this uh, Jew lunatic was claiming, and he was just going on and on about how most of the founding fathers, if they were alive now, would have been tried as war criminals. And, and he even had uh, uh, directed us to an article called "The Sad Legacy of the Founders." I think if you uh, if you search that that in uh, Google, "The Sad Legacy of the Founders," you'll you'll find uh, the article that talks about uh, George Washington and the teeth and all that. And this this, this hmm. virulent Jew is just really going off on a tangent about the subject. Mm-hmm. They really hate not only you know vestiges of uh, European traditionalism, but any you know, uh, vestige of old American uh, colonialism or old constitutionalism. They really, really despise white individuality in any manifestation. That's a a new one. I never heard that one before. I will look that up. But it it fits in with their usual atrocity. Yeah, that kind of sounds like an interesting uh, uh, blog. It sounded like one one of those soap and, uh, you know, at Auschwitz type. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) There's teeth involved. So, have any of you uh, New Jersey boys, uh, uh, Bud or, or uh, 
Wewelsburg. Have it, either of you thought about leaving New Jersey? Yeah, I plan to leave New Jersey as soon as I finish my studies. What about you, Bud? Uh, I'll I'll be leaving for retirement. My my uh my family's here. Yeah. Uh, I have family ties. That's the only reason uh, I'm here. Uh, but retirement. Uh. Uh, who knows? Yeah. If there's going to be any decent areas, uh, I probably got about another 15 years to go. Uh, what areas are going to be left? Well, you know the thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. The thing that that's kind of scary about New Jersey, and if you look at it a map, uh, it's almost like an island, and uh, uh, what is it? It's almost surrounded by uh, water, and right. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little too paranoid, but. You know, I think if something went wrong in this country, like a bomb went off or uh, uh, something like that, I mean, it would be around that area, and uh, you know, uh, well, Lakewood, right? If I, if I, you know, if there it's was the a, most densely populated state in the country. Yeah, and and there's a lot of Jews there, and uh, you know, if if you know, let's face it, Jews aren't very well liked, and uh, you know, if you want to take out a lot of Jews, well, there there would be the place to go, right? And uh, and you know, getting out of there. Uh, I'm certainly not advocating anything either, by the way. I'm just th- speaking, you know, in a kind of a fictional way, uh, you know. But anyway, if you, if you, if you wanted to, um, uh, if you wanted to uh, get out of that place, you got to cross water or go up to like uh, New York City. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, right. Yeah. Well, you can get out through national, like Pennsylvania. I don't think it's a national emergency. What they do have. Uh, but, but you know, when you have a crisis like that, uh, there'd be no way to use it. What they do have down at the southern tip is they have a ferry service that will bring you into Delaware. But otherwise, to get to Pennsylvania, you've got to drive clear across the other side of the state and then drive over the Delaware River to get into Pennsylvania. Right. And that, that uh, Delaware River, I, I, I don't, my geography's not that good. Uh, it snakes around the back end of New Jersey, <laughs> all the way up. You're right. It's basically it's it's entirely it's almost an island. You're right. You can go all the way down the turnpike, go over the Delaware Water Gap, and all that. But it's certainly hell to to, to try to do it, especially when it's crowded. Yeah. And they make it hell to arm yourself too. First, to to get any sort of like a rifle or or a shotgun, you have to get a a, a firearm identification card. Which, if you've ever, you know, they they make you jump through some hoops to get that, and then mm-hmm. if you want to get a sidearm, they make you get a separate permit for that, and they make you get a permit for every uh, handgun you want to purchase. You've got so that, um, you've got that Lautenberg out there. He's a real creep. Oh, he's a bastard. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he's the guy that Lautenberg. Uh, he also was the sponsor behind the Jewish immigration bills that brings all those Jews over. Uh, uh, from Eastern Europe and Russia in the United yeah. States, and that's still on the on the books, by the way. Any Jew that uh, claims he's not liked over there or wherever, Ukraine or whatever, Russia, uh, he can get on a plane and come to the United States anytime he wants. Yet another double standard. I that, mean, the whole country's plunging into the toilet, but New Jersey is about as bad as it gets. And here, I'm not that close with my family, so I'm going to take my girlfriend and get the hell out of here. I think it's good advice. Well, how, do, if I can ask, what, how do, do your parents feel about that, or, or your your other family? Do they? Do you ever discuss this stuff with them, or is uh, it? My my mother and father are both uh, fairly liberal, so 
I, I, my father knows what's going on in terms of the Jews, but he thinks the best idea is to completely ignore them. He's, he's an entrepreneur, and so he, he makes quite a bit of money, and he, he's afraid of doing anything that's going to upset that. Yeah, yeah. And my mother's just sort of your typical liberal moron. Hey, Smith. She knows they, Negroes are, are inferior and such just from being around them. She calls them niggers and doesn't want anything to do with them. But if you start actually talking to her about a solution to the problem, she cringes. Hey, uh, uh, Wheelsburg, we've got a we've got a problem. I th- I think it's on your end, and we're getting an echo. Of, uh, I am too. Yeah. A feedback. I don't know who whose microphone's causing that. Uh, it could be mine, but whoever it left there did it leave. It it's gone now. Uh, yeah, it talk. seems to be gone. Yeah, okay. It was so I guess we can just forget about it anyway. Yeah, I was just wondering if your parents had really emphasized liberal ideas to you, or or if there were any. Uh, um. Well, I was when I was growing up, they never really talked about it either way. My grandfather was uh, he had been an old style Democrat and a, a union organizer, and he had, he when they had the Newark riots because this this is an old uh, it was. A, town's called Kearney, and it was at one time called the uh, Scottish capital of America, because uh, there were so many Scots here, there was, there was just e- everywhere you, you went, there were Scottish people speaking with Scottish brogues, and, they, mm-hmm. you know, there were little uh, Scottish bakeries on, on every corner, and, you know, it was just a very old world Scottish kind of community. Is that the and, place with the um, the pork store? Yeah, yeah, Stork. Pork store from... Uh, uh, oh, from uh, Sopranos. Yeah, from yeah, From the Sopranos, yeah. right, yeah. Satriales. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also the place that's got that pizza land that's on uh, the, the beginning of the Sopranos, too. Right. But, uh, so it was an old uh, Scottish town, and uh, during the Newark riots, they actually raised the bridges, because uh, there's a bridge that connects this town with Newark, and my grandfather went down there. He, he took the uh, guys from the garbage men's union, and they blocked off the bridge. And they they stood there with shotguns and, <laughs> and, and, and blocked the bridge. And they were they were in the uh, Star Ledger and all that back at the time, or you know, racist uh, Irish community or Scottish community, you know, blocks uh, Negro entry or whatever. <laughs> so that, they, that's very much like what happened down in New Orleans. That was yeah, after the, Katrina. That was Gretna, Louisiana, that we've talked about before, right? Yeah. And Gret- they saved the community because yeah, the niggers were definitely coming over the uh, the bridge into Kearney. And so they You're just- racist not to allow the niggers to kill you. It's literally <laughs> yeah. that, that bad. There you go. You- Whites have so no justification for existing in the My grandfather had no great understanding of the Judenfrager or anything like that, but he was definitely a racist old guy. Judenfrager, what's that mean? The Jewish, Jewish question. question. Okay. Frage is German for question. Juden is a plural of Jews. Now, are you studying German in uh, Ruggers? Uh, uh, no, they don't offer it actually. You know, that's they, what I—that's what I'm finding too. Uh, they I, have 60 Spanish professors, Jeff. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, the slave language. Uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, when I went to school. They still offered it at the at the. Uh, uh, it's more at the high school level. They're getting rid of it. Yeah, and replace it with Spanish. But they don't I even offer myself a lot. They yeah, don't even you have offer a good, it good accent too. Thank this you. Listen to how he said Babelsberg. Now, do you know some German speakers? Yes. Okay. And uh, one one of my uh, neighbors and a good friend of mine is a uh, former Hitler Jugend member, and so I try to banty uh, back a little bit of conversation with him every now and again. Is he, he unre- a- Is he unreconstructed? 
Oh yeah, he, yeah. He's uh, definitely a national socialist. Then. Yeah. Once, once w- when I first far- started talking to him, I I, I said, uh, are, "Are you a German?" Because he had all this German stuff all over his uh, car, and and he said, "Yes," but uh, in a very thick German accent. But uh, but I'm more proud to be American. And 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 I said, "Why?" America yeah. Why? Murdered, <laughs> murdered the German Reich, and he just got this broad smile ag- across his face. <laughs> and, and, and we started talking, and you know, he opened up to me, and he was just like, "You know, I haven't heard, you know heard talk like this in a long time." <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You know, he, he actually ended up giving me his father's Iron Cross from the First War. Uh, That's cool. And uh, his copy of Mein Kampf. Now we had a we had one PM long ago Wewelsburg where we uh we mentioned Mr. Junker. Right, Herr Junker. And, right. Yeah, Harry Junker. And uh I uh uh you have you have you have spoken with this man, haven't you? Yes, yes. I, I called him a number of times because I saw that he was uh getting involved with the NSM and stuff like that. I was trying to help him out and not get jammed up with all that paperwork and stuff, which he ended up doing, but I was trying to help him out a little bit, and also I wanted to talk to him, of course, about his experience in the Reich. And you know, now, his, his for the listeners the that don't know, Mr. Junker, or uh, you know, J in German is kind of like a Y sound. Uh, he's the gentleman up in uh, in a northern state that built a huge uh, shrine to Adolf Hitler, and uh, he's been mentioned several times on VNN. What, what state is that he has that in? Is it in Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Yeah, I thought That's it was a museum, isn't it? Yeah. It, 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 well, it's a museum of sorts. It's more of a monument hall. It took him five years to build, and uh, he spent quite a bit of money, over $100,000 on it. And it's, uh, it's an impressive little monument. It's mu- marble, and mm-hmm. it, uh, it's uh, quite, a, quite a nice uh, thing that he did. And he's a, he's a very nice man, and uh, he's obviously kept up on his reading after the war. We were talking about uh, Ernst Zundel, and uh, I was uh, talking about Savitri Devi with him a little bit, and uh, he's, a, he's a sharp guy. Well, he's posted on VNN blog before. Has he? Yeah, he. Uh, some guy got on there and said a bunch of crap, and he says, Well, I'm Ted Junker, and I was there, and here's what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He said uh, his son is is pretty active online, but he does he's not very um net savvy. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm not, probably his son posted that for him. I know his son Carl goes on on the internet a lot, but how Junko doesn't get on there too much. But I do know quite a lot of Germans and I've uh I've taught myself uh quite a bit of German just by uh listening to speeches and listening to music and just read it, reading German and trying to put it together. You know, I would like take a copy of Faust and you know read the English, read the German. Well, I think you owe it to yourself, considering your uh, interest to, uh, you know, maybe after you get your undergraduate wrapped up, to spend a couple years in Germany. Yeah, that's what I'm planning to do, and I want to just, uh, if I do plan to continue my studies, what I want to do is spend some time just digging around in the archives and really, really produce some original material and do something interesting from from my research. See that's my, uh, my PhD. that's very that's very Aryan and uh, and uh, w- what you're talking about and and you know uh, Bud does it with his reporting and uh, and uh, from New Jersey and, mm-hmm. and you know if you do this you know we're 
you know, there's a segment of our race that that is really on the cutting edge, and you know, uh, carrying on where Irving has left off, yeah, and forcibly forced out for the time being. Exactly, and Irving spent some time just working in a steel foundry to uh, practice his German and solidify it, and, and then Correct. he. Uh, you know, a lot of the people that he he had occasion to speak to aren't around anymore. But there still is a wealth of material to be dug up in the archives, and there's plenty of people of, to, that still are around. And I want to get over there while that's still the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you, great. That, that that is something that's great to be done. And people not only in Germany but in Ukraine ought to be doing that, according to videos of people who suffered real atrocities at the hands of the Jews, rather than the Spielbergian version in which we are the bad guys. So exactly. it's great to hear that someone someone will undertake that because you know, as you're already seeing, the professors are going to teach the opposite of the truth, and, and only now, we can record the true history. I have a question for um, I'm going to mispronounce this. Uh, Wewelsburg. Um, That's pretty good. It's it's Wewelsburg. If you want to give the German pronunciation, W's are pronounced as V's in German. I'm I'm going to get off the subject. It's Weberlsburg, but Robert's fine. Robert, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you don't have to Germanicize it, but... Okay. Um, I don't get up uh, north too often uh, these days, but I have a question for you. I'm just curious. When you go up in the, the Newark, uh, Patterson, uh, Kearney, Jersey City area, do they have illegals up there? I live in Kearney, and uh, there's tons of illegals. Do they hang yeah. out at the corner? Uh, not so much here, but more in Harrison. There's there's a lot of them loitering on the corner. You got a lot of work up there for them? What kind of contractors pick them up up there? Roofers and stuff like that. They they definitely find their market. Uh, not so much Mexicans as uh, a lot of Brazilians. A lot of, like, uh, El Salvadorians, Puerto Ricans. And those Puerto Ricans are real nigger trash, too. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but they're, if they're Puerto Ricans, they're not illegals. Uh, no, no, they're not illegal. I'm just speaking about uh, the broader Hispanic influence in the community. But you but do the, have... The, the illegals are pr- primarily uh, like uh, from El Salvador and uh, from, uh, as I was saying, they're, they're uh, from uh, El Salvador and a couple other of these countries. But Brazil, a lot of illegal Brazilians. Hmm. That's like D.C. too. D.C.'s got huge Salvadoran. And they got Guatemaltecos, and they got, you know, they also have Brazilians too, as well as Mexicans. And some of those Brazilians are, are very, very Negro. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, they're just full on. Hey, look, folks. Let me, this is the top of the hour. Uh, let me play, uh, I'll play two songs, and then we'll come back. Uh, everyone stay on the line if they can. And uh, uh, we'll take a break so everyone can take care okay. of business. I'm going to play two songs. I'm going to play... Uh, uh, Great hour, guys. That was very informative. Yeah. I learned a hell of a lot, and I hope people very listening did, too. Now, Theseus... Do you want may- me to stick around, Jeff? I know yeah, I'm yeah. Be, uh, f- feel free to. And uh, Theseus may be coming on, uh, uh, too. Uh, so there will be a, another highlight from this hour. Yeah, yeah, stay on. And, um, okay. and uh, you can ha- How many people can we handle on this? Well, we're full now. now. Uh, we're full. Well, I'll drop out if someone needs to drop out. Well, uh, we'll we'll deal with that situation when we come to it. But uh, okay, if we can ha- we can handle bringing on Theseus. Okay, uh, we'll we'll try. Uh, okay, go ahead and do he it. He may not even sh- he, he may not even show up. So let's. Uh, oh, there, okay, there was no guarantee right. there. So anyway, right. let's take a break 
and hey, uh, and uh, we'll be back if about. He shows up. Yeah, in about five. Up, uh, if he shows up, uh, I'll drop off. Well, whoever. I mean, whatever. Okay. We'll uh, we'll deal with it when we come to it. And I was okay. supposed to be the short time guest, so I'll drop. <laughs> All right. Well, that we'll, we'll we'll talk about when we get there. Let, let's take a break, and uh, we'll be back in about five minutes. Here's some songs. And everyone's uh, microphone is live. Ladies, tell your man about Vanguard Radio. We're the good guys, and we're happening. <laughs> 